Marie. Happy Sunday, Diane. How are you today? I am wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Good. And how are you? I am good. I'm sitting here. Uh, it was snowing earlier today here. Now it's raining, so it's all the snow is melting away. Wow. I'm looking at snow. I thought we'd get more snow. I thought we were going to get six inches. It looks like probably about two. It's still on the ground. Okay. My glasses. It's still on the ground. Maybe it's, maybe it's three. Maybe it's three inches. Yeah, but... um. I think the global warming is real because I remember being here and we would have 10 to 20 inches sometimes, you know, but we hardly, it hardly ever really snows, snows to me. Right. We, yeah. So I think that is real. So um, not that I want snow. I think that, uh, but I, I like seasons and I like things to work in order. Yes. <laughs> so, so when they don't, it's kind of scary when it's, you know, when it's warm in January. One of my friends was, moved here from Chicago, Indianapolis a couple, last year, two years ago. She said, Diane, so when does it get cold? And I said, it used to get cold in January, February, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy. Oh, I tell you, crazy, crazy. We're living in crazy times. Yes, we so, are. Yes, I was just talking to someone about uh, the virus, you know. You know, she said, we really, people keep wondering when it's going to be over. She said, we really just started working on it about a week ago when the new administration started working on it. Before, we didn't really have a, a plan. We just, <laughs> just <waiting laughs> on, just waiting. Yeah, and I guess we're finding that out too, right? That there really wasn't enough um, of the vaccine produced. So we're just uncovering all of that. Yes. So I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not seeing it being over anytime soon. And I'm seeing March is going to be round two. Well, that's what the research, that's what the experts are saying. They said we haven't seen the worst. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I have a lot of books here that I've been hoping to read. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't sell them for my last podcast. I didn't put them on Amazon because I really hadn't read all of them. So I did box some of them up. But for my the last podcast, one of our podcasts about selling your books, I have books I haven't read. And so I'm, I'm, I'm whatever. That is so funny you say that because I was sitting there thinking today, I was thinking, honestly, I'm okay. You know, I'm okay. Everybody, if everybody can just stay healthy and safe, you know, I'm really okay with staying home and reading books and my magazines and the newspaper and websites and watching Netflix. (laughs) Yes. I'm fine. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I know a lot of people aren't. A lot of people are not, you know, but I never liked all those distractions anyways. I never liked the distractions of shopping and and sports. I never did. So I'm okay. Yes. I think that uh, Adrian said something when she was on. She said that there's going to be a a tsunami of um, mental illness. And I was 
before I went to bed, I don't know why I even looked at this. I forgot what I was looking on social media on this channel. And it was talking about the number of children who are depressed and suicides and this and that because of isolation and COVID. And I was thinking, just going back to what you just said, because we have raised generations of children to live in distractions, mm-hmm. you know, to be, to stay in the mix, as my niece said, Auntie, you in the mix, to stay in the mix instead mm-hmm. of self-discovery and read and, you know, go for walks or to do the simple things of life. We have to keep them entertained and buy them stuff and, and send them to school and have them in 50 million activities. Right. Um, and so now, you know, it's no sports, like you said, all the distractions. It's no, you know, shopping when you don't have anything to do. Right. And, and you know, I think about mental illness. I mean, at the, the base level of what that is, it is your mind and what yeah. your mind is telling you. And so I keep thinking about, like, I know you're probably like me, that you're okay being by yourself you know being alone time is good time right but for some people and i know these people i've met these people i've i know them i know who i'm talking about right now they cannot do that because they've never been able to understand to shut their thinking mind off and to realize that it's going to constantly be talking to them right Mm -hmm. so now people have to now deal with that they really can no longer hide from what their mind is saying. And they're petrified of what the mind is saying, you know? So those yeah, all- but also, also too, whatever you feed your mind, you know? Um, so if you have been feeding your mind, a lot of garbage mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, um, just nonsense. And then, so your mind would entertain those thoughts. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday. She called me and she said, I didn't pray for you. And I said, I said, for what, you know, just COVID has been in the house. And I was saying to her that, you know, um, you know, I'm by myself, like she said. And so I said, but one of the things that's been happening, and I and I even told her, and I tell anybody that I work with that I listen to, let me help you, or let not help, let me serve you and what I know, and what you are doing, and see can we help bring it to the next level. Mm-hmm. And so this has really kept me so busy that, like now, I'm working in Africa. You know, I'm working on a project and in Ghana. And I was thinking, so how can I be in a COVID and have prosperity in a COVID and have, you know, just mental prosperity, spiritual prosperity. And also sometimes they pay me um, in COVID. (laughs) 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 And so then I was thinking, wow, so it does pay to whatever you put in your mind, because the things that I'm telling these people and I can present it, it's like, how did you know? Thank you for that. And I was thinking because in those down times before, not COVID, just life and down, you know, spending, being, being single or being um, by myself, that I didn't spend my time, you know, watching. I do watch Netflix, but not just watching stuff and not reading books or not reading articles or not exploring ideas or not researching. Um, but we have to, America, not the, a world needs to train us how to use these great minds of ours and how you can be a blessing and a help of service to someone else, but not just yourself. That's true. That's true. I think part of the issue, though, is that we're in the thick of it now. You know, so these people who 
have never had to deal with themselves or their families or their children. You know, all everybody's in the house together thinking, right? So even if you're not talking, everybody's thinking and this energy, they have to deal with it right now. There's no, they don't even know who to call because they don't probably know what the problem is. They just know that they're miserable, right? And so I can, I can see, yeah, I can see that everybody, everybody thinks and hopes and prays that it's going to get better and eventually it will, but it's not going to be anytime soon. I don't think at all. You know, that's, uh, as Adrian said, we just, we just started working on it last week. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, and what we, what we've been working on is not what's coming. Right. So we've been working on what was here, but now what's coming, we, is going to be worse than what was here. So we can have hope and all of that, but you know, people better start preparing again for round two. Is that what we're going to talk about today, Diane? What were we going to talk about? <laughs> and, <laughs> well, well, we supposed to. Be, I forgot the man's name that quickly since you said that, but uh, I heard him on Super Soul Sunday. Then I heard him lecture about these two mountains. What was his name, Marie David Brooks? Yeah, David Brooks. And I had to confess, so Diane, I, I haven't, I looked at, I listened to a little bit of it, but not all of it, so. I didn't either, I didn't either, but, <laughs> but the thing that impressed me, the thing that impressed me was the two mountains, mm-hmm. because uh, I think you and I have climbed that, when we probably have climbed many mountains in, in, in the careers, but he talks about the two mountains, this is Diane summarizing, one is that, you know, um, from his perspective, mm-hmm. that was, you know, he did everything to be a great uh, literary person, to be a great writer, to be great in his career. And um, then he um, had three children and a wife. And one day she divorced them. Well, they divorced and he was living in an apartment. He said he had daytime or lunchtime friends, but nobody really. And so he had climbed this one mountain of success. And then, okay, it was wonderful. But then on this other mountain, this other mountain was really, I think, its purpose. Mm-hmm. One was career and one was purpose. And I, I thought that was interesting because um, one of the things that I hope for American education, because it's, I keep saying it's an indoctrination, but we need education now. And not only education, we need solutions. And, and to me, we can solve them. We don't have to keep doing stuff just just idiotic, just uh, a, a hamster on that spinning wheel in that cage. We can get out that wheel and we can get out the cage. Mm-hmm. We can do this. And so to me, but it really is about education and moving towards wholeness and, and indoctrination and, and stop indoctrination. So if we started telling kids when they're little, in our homes, at school, at the churches, at the synagogues, wherever you go, you know, um, at the temple, that, okay, it's good to make money, it's good to have a good job, but what are you going to do for yourself and for others? And make that, a, make that as just as a project as writing a history paper on the Revolutionary War. And see, I guess when I, when I think about that, um... I, I still have to go back to the people. I can't even, I can't even in my mind, education is it's got this big red X on it for me. 
it's just a big red X. Like, don't even go there. <laughs> don't try to go there. Don't try to go back there. That's completely broken, and we know it. You know, yeah. and so all the trying to to you know, fix what was there is is to me is 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 an uphill battle that's going to take a long time because you have people that are there that are not even whole themselves. So you know, they cannot, you know, educate someone else to be hold. Um, so I did, uh, I listened to a little bit of it, of, of what David Brooks was talking about, just probably like the 30 minutes of it. And the thing that kind of uh, came back to me was when he was talking about that first mounting for him was ego, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, success and family and the job and money and the houses and the cars and the clothes and the stuff. And, you know, we all have that and we all when 20, 30, 40s, you know, trying to climb that mountain. Mm-hmm. And every notch of the mountain you go up, you need more. It needs to be higher. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to go further. What's the next thing? You know, and then and then he started talking about okay, you get to something like the top, and it all kind of is poof gone, and now you're back in the valley. So I like that part about him talking about being in the valley and what he learned in the valley in that apartment, you know, about himself. And you and I have been in, we've been in a lot of valleys, but lately the big valley for us was the health valley, of you know, no health means everything else is is secondary until you can be healthy and stay alive right (laughs) so you know i I really like what he was talking about the valley and then for him it seemed like that second mountain was community you know he was talking about you know going to dinner on thursday nights in this one place where he really learned to open up and talk to people and be more communicative and care about people and i think that we might can get there as a world because we're all in the valley everybody is mm-hmm. in the valley right now and so we have to make the best use of this time in the valley of the dark night of the soul the whole world is there so that's kind of what i took from from what i did here about his you know talk mm-hmm. well you know i was thinking uh, i heard this actually kind of my second version of my book is called the vision the valley and the victory and um and that's out by Anne. that's and, out right now is published yes it's a second edition it's a it's a it's in kindle oh, edition. It's, okay. it's the same it's the same book i just took it and added pictures and also people have written um what you call those uh reviews and i put their reviews in it and i changed the oh. cover and I just called the vision, the valley, and the. Victory. I love, I love the the what I did see from the talk that you know you're going to have, and the book you showed the book cover. I loved it; it was great. Uh huh. And so I remember um, when I wrote the part about the valley. Um, I was going to think if I find my book, but the valley part was you since you mentioned that most people are afraid uh-huh. of the valley. Uh, because uh, well, he I think he talked about too uh, suffering, and most people are afraid of suffering. Um, and you know, you and I have experienced that. You know, um, but suffering is to me uh, the valley. You really can't have victory if you haven't. How do you know when you have victory if you don't? If you haven't had the, a valley experience. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So. 
And I was listening to you talking about uh, that people trying to rush back to school, but it was a failure. And if, if you've ever worked in the school system, and we're not talking about schools, I'm a product of public schools. But if you've ever worked in the schools now, it's about all this stuff they have to do, core curriculum and all mm-hmm. like this. And you realize that, I don't know if children are learning anything. That's one thing I found about schools. Unless you go to like a, like my niece went to one of the charter schools, I felt like they were interested in them learning. And uh, I remember the, uh, the principal, when we first took her to this charter school in D.C. to uh, parents' orientation, first of all, it was just as many parents in the or- orientation as it was kids. So we, I felt like we was in the right place for her to go to school. And I remember that the principal stood up. And he said, we're going to push your kids. We're going to expect a lot from them. And if they're in the fourth grade, we're going to expect them to read like a seventh grader and do math like a seventh grader. So that means a lot of kids are going to be crying. And when they come home, they're going to cry to you. But our goal is to not have him or he or she at 30 years old sleeping on your sofa in the basement in your house. Wow. And so if so for us to get them reading at a seventh grade level in the fourth grade, they got to be uncomfortable or they got to be in the valley. That's mm-hmm. what I was hearing. They gonna be they gonna be suffering. These kids gonna be mm-hmm. suffering. But you're gonna have to watch them suffer and not come over here complaining and not want to pull them out of the school or come and fuss with the teachers for giving them so much work because the only way they're going to make it where they're not on your sofa when they're 30 in your basement is they they got to go through this stuff right now and so I was like wow okay I think this is a good school (laughs) because they don't mind the kids suffering or being in the valley but I put this in my book when I first started to write the book I said that life goes into life goes into everything. My input, such as my spirit and my attitude, the media determines the results. And this is the formula I put: preparation divided by life times me equals the valley. Trauma divided by life times me equals vision, and restoration divided by life times me equals victory. So. You're not going to get out this life without trauma, preparation, and restoration. So, okay, so what was it again? It was preparation divided by lifetimes me equals vision? Yes, hold on. I just lost the page. Oh, because somebody asked me about this, and you know, I wrote this 10 years ago, so I don't remember why I wrote it always, but she asked me about it, so I went to look at it. So, okay, why did I write this? But maybe because I had just finished a valley and a trauma experience. Okay, life, uh, preparation divided by life times me. Equals equals valley, okay. So, let's let's talk about that. Like, think about Think about the little kids in that school. You know, they're trying to learn division and fractions, and it's hard, you know, and, and uh, A plus B equals C, what, you know, what all that means. And so that's preparation. But it's a hard time. Oh, okay, okay. Time. So you're sitting back and you're just, you don't even know what you're preparing for, but you're just gathering all this information and knowledge and 
you know, if you're an athlete, you're working out and that's the preparation part and it's hard. Okay. And then always it's going to be life is happening and you're in that life that's happening. That's always going to be the common denominator. That's the common name. You are in it. And then trauma is trauma divided by life times me equals division. So in when you're a kid in the classroom and they be, you know, at my, at my niece's elementary school when I used to go, which really wasn't, it was, a, it was K-3, it was little kids, pre-K-3. It was three-year-olds to eighth graders in this small little school. And so you saw babies to those kids who think they're grown in the same little environment. And so, um, so when you're in trying to learn all this stuff, it feels like trauma. You know, when you're trying to go, you know, think about undergraduate. When you're trying to go to school, work, eat, you know, no money, a part-time job, that's traumatic. <laughs> and all the stuff you have to do to keep, you know, financial aid, the stuff you have to do to just to get through that. But if you, if, but your vision is, same with the kids. So it's wait a minute. Was it trauma divided by lifetimes me equals vision? Yes. Okay. Okay. And then the last one is restoration divided by lifetimes me equals victory. And so I call the second version of this book the valley, the vision. Okay. Because if at one point, I was in the valley before I had the accident. You know, I was struggling financially. I was in a job that I, you know, it was okay, but I want to do something else. I'm, I'm living in a place I really don't want to live in. It was just, it's a lot going on, you know, um, not making enough money. I'm not, I'm not, this is where I'm supposed to be. But once I had that accident and I'm in the hospital, and uh, your sister Sharon called me one day, one of my terrible, terrible days. And she asked me, um, what do I want to happen? What do I want to happen? I said, about what? what? How do you see yourself? Why are you out of this? So I said, yeah, I see myself. One day they roll me downstairs. I stand up and I get out the wheelchair and I walk and I go home. Okay. So that's the vision that I have to have. Even the trauma, you have to get a vision. Even going through school or trying to get an undergraduate or graduate degree or get a high school diploma, what's your vision? One day you'll graduate. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, one day you'll graduate. And the victory is that through all of that, you, you won. But then here comes another trauma. I mean, here comes another valley. Because <laughs> it's never ending. It's like driving mm-hmm. to me. People think that once they get there, it's over. Or once you get to that second mountain, it's over. I don't think like that. And that's, do you remember when you're saying that I was thinking about, is a movie that was a long time ago. It was, um, what's the name of that movie? Um, he was a gymnast. He broke his leg. He had to come back. Peaceful Warrior. Have you ever seen that movie where in it's it's, uh, it's a it's based on a real life gymnast who went through all those stages of you know trying to go to the Olympics, 
Dan Millman, Millman broke his leg. He had to come back. And in all of this, he met this quote unquote angel that told him exactly what you're saying right now, that you have to kill the ego. You're going to have to go through some ups and some downs. Um, it was, it's, 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 it, it was just exactly what you're saying. These stages that you go through and that is not the destination is the journey. And so that was his whole thing is, you know, it's not, you're never going to get there. Every time you think you got there, nope. There's more, more to this is the join getting there, not just getting there. Interesting. I think it's really interesting too that for your Valley experience, you didn't consider the trauma equal trauma times lifetimes may equal the Valley. Right. No, you was like when you're in that traumatic down experience, you need to have vision that bad things happen to get yeah, out of that. that that's interesting. Yes, yes, yes. you got to have vision. Yes, I was. Uh, uh, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this. <laughs> I'm looking at this uh, calendar. I have one of those calendars that every day you flip the calendar and it has a, a, a affirmation, a saying to it, and when I was going through cancer, there was one that I pulled out that I, you know, took off the calendar and posted up and it said, do not give up. You know, the knot was K N O T like a knot. And it's like, it took me continuously looking at that to say, I don't care how bad it is. I don't care how bad you feel. I don't care how much you don't think you're really going to make this, but do not give up, you know? So I hear you, Diane. I do. I do. Yeah, and I think that um, even in this COVID, you know, like sometimes I was thinking, okay, God, what is all this for? I hope I'm not, I hope I don't give up in the midst of it. You know, I have a moment and I, you know, I remember. But one thing I'm learning, it's not giving up. It's not always, it's about us because you need us to get mm-hmm. through this. You need yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have your whole self. But not giving up. Because you might not be finished with something that you've been assigned to do before you leave. You know, like you at your job, you have tasks that you have to do Mm -hmm. every day to get the work done. And so it's the same thing in human life that you're not finished. You know, I don't think that, you know, from my uh, trauma, um, the one thing I learned, I don't think you, I could have been dead very easily from this car accident. You know, I'm sure you had the report when people called you and told you, but you probably didn't want to believe that I was that hurt. But, um, and even with cancer, you know, you can go. People die. You know, people you were in the right. chemo room with, they are gone. But to, but to me, and since I've been at the hospital, it's been almost 11 years wow. next month in March. Um, and it's been 11 years. Um, so people who came to visit me in the hospital, shaking their heads, mm-hmm. they're gone and mm-hmm. I'm here. Wow. Wow. So there's more I'm for here. you to do is what you're saying. Yeah, and, and you don't have a choice in that. You don't have a only thing you have to do is to uh to check in or to log in and say, okay, I'm available. And so what are you what else? <laughs> you see, what else? You know, what is my assignment for today? You know, like you go to work People have sent you emails. They're giving you work to do. Just that's how you're supposed to show up to God. 
let me check what he want me to do. Because then you'll have to check. He'll just start sending you stuff. You know, it might be something with your granddaughter. It might be something with somebody at work that you have a word of encouragement. It might be somebody in Walmart or CVS that you're standing in line to. That's how minute, it don't have to be you have to climb this whole mountain and be head of CBS. It might be somebody just, you say something to get them. But Diane, the the way you're talking right now, that is because you have Mm -hmm. been through, you've utilized your time, downtime and preparation so that you will know how to think like that, right? So people that have that type of grounding are not going to be thinking like that. They're not going to be thinking like that. They're going to wake up and think every day is this humdrum seems like the same day as it was yesterday, you know, and I'm still wearing a mask. You know, so that's why I'm saying that it's like there is a need that's there for people and I think that need is going to be it's already tremendous, but we're going to see it explode here soon. And the reason why I say that, once things don't go as quote-unquote planned, you know, with a vaccine, eh, it doesn't actually work, you know, and ooh, it doesn't actually solve it. Poof, we're back to normal. When As long as people have hope, I think people are okay, but as soon as they don't have hope, you're going to see a lot of people needing help. Yeah, I I agree with you at a certain because in our country we like quick fixes. You know, our shows in the thirty minutes. You know, it was conflict. It was um, it was happy. It was conflict, and it was a happy ending in thirty minutes. It's only really about twenty minutes because ten of minutes was commercials and mm-hmm. stuff you need to go buy and eat mm-hmm. while you watch your this. <laughs> and so when we can't tie it up in thirty minutes or forty five minutes or in the next episode in the first the first year first 12 episodes maybe have to wait for next mm-hmm. season that <laughs> and then we do we do get this because we're used to things working out for us in this country we're used to things working yeah, out for I, I think that some yeah. people are you know i don't think that we all are <laughs> um and and you know so i and i and i think that's where the I the that think that's where the rubber's going to hit that road you know so that's what I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I've gotten to the point now where, you know, we talked about an episode, whatever, two or three, all the business ideas that we had, right? And I really dying got to the point where I'm done. You know, I am so done with that. I mean, I mean cause I can, you know, I can keep coming with the ideas of how to help and what to do. But at this point, it's more of, it's more of it's going to be it's it's going to be so different in the future. I'm just trying to get to the future and see what that looks like. You see what I mean? So I in my mind it's like I'm trying to get go out into the future because the future is way different than where we have been. And so you know I've always been that type of person. This has been me to try to go out there and say this is what's getting ready to happen. Right. It's so murky <laughs> right now. It is so murky right now right. that, yeah. you know, all these business ideas, oh, people are going to need help or oh, set up a WebEx or oh, do this. Nope. Uh uh-uh. uh. I'm not even, I mean, it's like in my mind, I'm like, don't do anything. Just nothing right now. 
just sit back and wait. Wow. Okay. Well, that's what he—that's what he's telling you to do: to be quiet and wait. Um, when you were saying that, I remember when I was um, when I used to read a lot. I used to go to the library at least. I was thinking once a week or once a month, mm -hmm. and just read a lot of journals. And uh, one of the journals yeah, I love that. was the Futurist. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and and I was thinking some most of the things in the Futurist that I read twenty years ago, they are active programs. You know, the worldwide there of e-commerce, all the stuff they used to talk about, and uh, uh, a cash-free society. We're not there, but, you know, most people go to the grocery store. Everybody, right. People have a cart or some, you know, you know, cash-free. So to think about the future, um, it's amazing uh, because one of the things I think we talked about a few things, and now I'm pushing it every time I talk because I read, found this word solutionary. So we got all these folks in America that are brilliant, you know, with PhDs and postdocs and all this research and all this information-driven economy. So every problem we have, basically, you know, we talked about homelessness. We have enough smart people and brilliant people and researched people and uh, meeting overload people. Are, are you sure? But are you sure about that? And, the, and that's well, you know, I, I, uh, I think that I'm sure we can because I, I believe in human beings being better than we are. But do they I, want to? That's I, I'm thinking, Diane, and this is why I'm saying this. Are you sure? Because I think that, yes, I think there's a lot of knowledge, but I think what's going to be required is wisdom. And I don't think there's a lot of that. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the missing that's yeah. the missing yeah. golden pieces that that's what I'm saying is that it's not we cannot use the solutions, even the thoughts that we had a year ago. Solve the problems of this future that's right. coming because it it's a future that no one could have imagined. That's what I think. Well, you know, maybe 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 you're right. I think, you know, one thing. And the word we keep using is I think. Okay, most people don't think. They just react or just just there. They don't they just run them off or they just show up. They don't think about anything. They don't have any thoughts. But I think that one of the things you said that I spend have spent time trying to mm -hmm. seek answers and seek wisdom. And I think one of the things we talked about in one of our podcasts, and all you're getting, get understanding. Mm -hmm. And wisdom is the principal thing. And so if nothing else, I'm admonishing everybody to seek understanding and seek wisdom. And so when people do come to you, whatever field you're in, that you're not asking for another meeting, that you started talking about solutions. Because I think that we have to say it out loud to get people even right. thinking that wisdom is important. Um, you know, I was thinking about you one uh, our podcast one time, and you was, and I was, you know how you, you know your mind is this wonderful thing that God has given us. It's better than the World Wide Web because it searches without you <laughs> even say, "Search this." One day I was thinking about. <laughs> 
It started searching and bringing us stuff that I didn't even asked for. But one time I was, it came up in my mind that you was talking about your dad. And I was thinking, wow, what a wonderful human being that could have six kids, a wife mm. that he, you know, had some needs. And he would go to work at a real job that he had to work every day, had to be on time, you know. Had exactly. To, he, I think he was a supervisor. Okay, then he left. No, wait a minute. Before he got up, he got up and worked on a garden that was not a garden. It was probably mm-hmm. about three acres or four acres back there. And he worked in that in the morning. He went to a real job at Langley Air Force Base. He came home, <laughs> looked at the mail, stood up and ate and drank coffee, looked at y'all's grades, called y'all in there one time at a time and say, like, why are you so dumb? Like, what is going on with you? <laughs> I'm sending you to school. I'm feeding you my food. I'm working. And you can't, this is all you can do. You know, and he, he, you know, and he checked on his wife, you know, made sure food's in the refrigerator, made sure that you had money for lunch, mm-hmm. and then changed into his smock and went uh-huh. and cut hair and listened to other people's problems. And I was thinking, wow, and not complaining. I never hear him say, oh, my God, it's white people, it's black people, all this job. I never heard him say that. I've I've never heard him, like, just talk about his day at work or how bad or good Uh it was or I can't do this no more. You know, like, the weak me, that's me. wild times 10 for me because I watched it right up close and all I ever think about that's why I say no more thinking no more no more that right now just stop it because you have him and then you have a whole entire generation that couldn't do what he did whole generation whole entire generation that couldn't do what he did so in my head, it is that next generation. How do you set them up to do it? At the end of the day, you know what? It may not be your generation. Y'all may have squandered your opportunities. So that's why I was like, it's not me. It's not my, it's not my next thing. Forget all that. It's that next generation setting them up to do it. Because you're right. I think about that every day. That this is what he went through. And came out victorious. <laughs> yes. It's, it's, it's the kids that he did the work, baby. He put the work in. He did the work. Mm-hmm. Not complaining, not, you know, bickering, just, you know, what? and my father didn't do all that, but he went to work every day and when, and then when, um, when my mother wasn't working with young, he used to work in the factories. When he got off his regular job, he went to work making barrels for tobacco in the factory. And then, you know, even think about our mothers. You know, they got up and washed and cooked and cleaned. And, you know, uh, uh, one of my friends, Tish, calls them dinosaurs. They don't. And when I think about, I I think about, think think about this. This is what I think about. (laughs) Is did they go all the way through high school? Okay. So. What makes us no. think this model that we had of education, of, of a sage on a stage, of the bell like a manufacturing facility, start learning now, stop learning now. What makes us think that is the way to go? 
You know, it's not. We know that it hasn't worked. It didn't work for us. right? It didn't work for our generation. So I'm praying. No, it didn't work for him either. It didn't work for him. That's what he's saying. He he had to find his spiritual self. He had to find him purpose. He had to, he had to connect why to that out. wisdom, that place of all knowingness. He had to, and and it's like that's what I think is coming in the future. Is that 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 place that we've been able to not have to go or understand or been confused by or bamboozled by or you know the church told us this, but no, that's not it. You know, and we believed it. I think that's what the future is holding for us, but it's something so, so tremendous, so magnificent. We have never seen it. Well, they, I think in the 70s or 60s, they call it this, this age of Aquarius. Um, and I think I, I, um, Maybe that's what I've been, I've, for years I've been standing on mm-hmm. tiptoe trying to figure out what's coming, but excited. And maybe that's what I've been waiting on, this age of, uh, I think at one point they call it enlightenment, but it's bigger than that. It's illumination, mm-hmm. the age of illumination that we would see things clearly. That, um, like this little girl who spoke at the inauguration, this is Diane paraphrasing one part of her poem. She said that, um, you know, everybody wants to fix America, but she basically was, to me, she was saying that it's not really can be fixed because it's, it's an experiment and, and it's still in formation. It's still trying to figure itself out. It's still in, it's almost like a baby. When, um, when my niece was little, she lived with me um, and my father and David in Danville. And, and one time she had this really bad fall. Yeah. She was like 12, 11 to 14 months old. So, she, and, you know, she was crying and some furniture fell over. So my father came in and said, what's going on? I said, she failed. And he said, okay. And I said, why are you just say okay? She said, she's a baby. She's going to fall. And she's going to fall as long as she didn't get hurt. And I was thinking, he just act like that was nothing. You know, she almost broke her neck. But he was like, that's life. You're gonna, if you're trying to learn how to walk, baby, you're going to fall. And you're going to fall hard. You're going to knock some stuff down. And that's what I feel about America because this is kind of a made-up country. It's not kind of; it is. It's just some people came up here and took some people's land. When it got some more people, you know, got them to work for you know, tell them, oh, you all know what you're doing, but you got them doing all the work. And then all of a sudden, they get free, and they some of them are living better than you, and they ended the president. And I thought she was uh, incompetent and mentally, you know, not the same competency as me. And so the whole thing is a great experiment. And then, you know, an experiment, like if you put some, some uh, 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 two different chemicals in the same thing that don't, you might have an explosion. That's why we keep having all these explosions, because this is still an experiment that's trying to work its way. To yeah, yep, I agree with that. And I, I think that, yeah. you know, this experiment is getting ready to explode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it already has. Let's just throw some more. Okay, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And I think that the only way we're gonna, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, when you were in the hospital, 
And you mm-hmm. read that daily devotion and affirmation said, don't give up. So it's the same thing with our country, with the world, and with our students. And our right. Families. Don't give up. And even though community. you can't see, up. you know, you may even lose hope. Don't, You're right. Don't give up. Don't give up because one thing I do know that we will pass away. That you know we've seen one time I when my father died uh, and they the the, the um mm-hmm. the hearse brought us to the hospital not hospital to the church and we were sitting in the car uh, waiting for the undertakers the, the the funeral home people to tell us to come out you know get out the car the family can get out so I was sitting in the car just looking at the people coming to my father's funeral walking up the steps of the church. I don't think they could see me because, you know, it's windows are dark. And I was thinking, wow, look at my friends and family. We're our parents. We're the old people. You know, like, (laughs) we're the old people now. We're in our 50s and 60s and 70s. We're the old people. Mm -hmm. So how did my friends get to be the old people? And so what I'm learning in this wisdom walk is that do what you can do while you're here. Right. Small little parts mm-hmm. because it's still going to go on. Hopefully, it's still going to go on. You know, like um, I'm sure after slavery and after Dred Scott and after the civil rights, some people probably thought, "Oh, this is the end. We live in the last days." And we may be. I don't know. But if it's still, if it goes on, still do right. Drop your seed in the ground and see what comes up after this. You know, that's why I said we don't give up. I'm, you know, I haven't given up. Um, I still have hope for, you know, you know, your granddaughter Denaja and Kasaya and their children and their children. If they're still here, I want them to have a, a a decent world just like we did. You know, it was it was not all bad. There's some greatness and goodness and beautifulness in this. Exactly. You know, uh, the thing that um, I keep hearing over and over again that kind of resonates with me with the the poet Amanda Gorman is when she talks about her mantra of what she says before she, you know, says a poem about how she's reaching back to the ancestors, to the people that came before her and kind of living through them, you know? So I don't know if you've heard her talk about that mantra that she says in every interview, she says, you know, this is what grounds her, you know, that she knows it's not just her, you know, it's all the people that came before her, all the poets that came before her, all the people who were chained before her, she is speaking for them, you know, and. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I believe that. I believe that because I said this in Sunday school, my Sunday school class that, um, that mm-hmm. Amanda Gorman is not new to me. She's not new to me. Um, Marie, if our moms or our grandmothers and our great grandmothers would have the same opportunity and the same doors would have been opened. Can imagine what right. they could have done and the same opportunities. And so she, so to me, you know, I remember your brother, Dennis, was writing. <laughs> Before we knew it was called that. 1973 or two or one. Yes, he was writing it then. And your sister was beaten on her arms and legs, um, uh-huh. you know, stepping and rhyming with her body before you know what I mean uh-huh. so um my mother was a comedian uh 
yeah, and you know, joke and laugh and you know, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, your mother was a great cook. But if she, so she couldn't, have, she could have been Paula of the Black Paula Dean or the Black Martha Stewart because their food was that good and that it was that creative and. But those doors were not open. So I agree with that young lady. I thank God that the door is open for her, that our ancestors, the, the great cloud of witnesses, opened the door. And, and that's the what I feel about this podcast. And I was thinking about it today. Is I thought, well, here's what I thought about today. I thought I am I am really tired of trying to sound smart. I'm not I'm tired of it. You know. And and for me or not, I'm probably not gonna sound smart. I'm just gonna sound mm-hmm. like Marie, who who Marie is. You know, so I'm probably not going to do a lot of prep work or anything, you know, because to me, this is not for the world. Mm -hmm. This is for the people that I know and love and in this family that one day I won't be here and they will hear this. And maybe something that we we say will help them as they go into the future where they will be the Amanda Gormans. Maybe we are not and we'll never be, but they could be. But I don't want what we, you and I have experienced to get lost and die with us. So, you know, so what, what you may hear from me may not be, I I will be just Marie, just like we're talking on the phone, like we normally talk on the phone, except we have, we have this understanding agreement about how we will not go where we shouldn't go, but Yes, but, what, but uh, I agree. That's what God told me, Marie. He said, Diane, you got, that's why I didn't prepare because I was thinking, oh, I ain't prepared because I'm no different than David Brooks. I just didn't get the same opportunity. You know, I could have wrote for whatever magazines or whatever, like, really? And so that's the same thing God told me. And then when we're gone, people might just cut it on to listen to your laugh. Let me go hear mama's laugh or grandma's laugh. This is uh, uh, the nausea. Right. Put it on, and and you might not ever. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That I mean, that we. I mean, that see to me, that's wow. that that that's that can, invisible yeah. thing that's already here. That's gonna really be permeating, and everybody's gonna yeah. know it, feel it, see it. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. That that invisible thing that just told us the same thing today. That, Oh, that's amazing. You know what? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. He, he told me wow. the same thing. So when I, I was just saying okay, that, did that bring chills over it. you? Yes. Crazy. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I was, I was, I was going to run to uh, Hampton, Virginia. And Girl, and love it. Five and we do wow, that's deep. You know that's deep, Diane. You know how deep that is. Yes. So we just dropped the knowledge from this deepness that's inside of us. For generations, we're no different than Amanda from the people, our moms. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just oh. if, if you could have had these conversations like this with your grandmother, you know, our great grandmothers. You know, I, our great grandmother was oh. born in 1883. So she was a slave. I knew her. I actually knew her. She, and she actually. What is. No, she was not a slave because she was born it's after slavery, 1883. She, is, it was narcissistic. So when did slavery end? When did slavery end? My great grandmother 
um, I knew her. 68, 68. So her parents were slaves, um, but she was not, you know. But she was different. She was quiet. She was tiny. You know, we were tall women. She's a tiny lady, like less than five feet tall. She, um, one of the things I was thought was amazing, she used to braid up her hair with springs and then take the springs and make a design and tie her hair all together. And I was wondering what African tribe that she came from that they used they oh, to keep it together. And springs and you know pieces of uh, twine to um, to tie, to braid the hair together. Yeah, she would braid the, the twine inside the um, inside the braids. Each braid would have a piece of twine, and it's almost like feet of braids are now. But she would put twine in it, and tie, and then she tied all. How the old were How old like were you when she died? Head, in the back of her head. But she braided her hair with twine. And she does she and live in the house that Aunt Plunk lives in? Like seven or eight. She did. And she lived and we lived next door to her. And um and one of the things another thing I remember about her, like um like if she um wanted to make a sweet potato pie, but she fried them on top of the stove. Uh, she fried the sweet potatoes. She would go out in the back and dig up the sweet potatoes and, you know, brush the dirt off with her hand. Then she went to another part of the garden and she dug up uh, a piece of nut. And it was actually nutmeg. It was whole nutmeg, raw nutmeg, real nutmeg. She dug it up in the garden and she peeled it and she put it on this grinder thing and, and grind it up. And that was the nutmeg. It was not a powder. It was like a, it's almost like garlic, but it was like a nut and it was nutmeg. And um, and she made the flour, and she you know she fixed the potatoes, and she made a fried sweet potato pie on the thing. Um, but I was thinking she was right in my presence, and but she didn't really talk that much. Uh, she was she believed in discipline, you know. Uh, she was enamored by the TV, especially when it was uh, boxing. She didn't want you to talk when boxing was on. And also at at four or five, she gave you chores, you know, like you had to go do stuff in the kitchen and wash clothes and wash dishes and do this. Even though you didn't 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 live there? You know, she she gave you things to do, even as a little kid, like four or five years old. Uh Uh-uh, but she she took care of us sometimes. You Like my parents worked or they sent us over there or she came Mm. over to our house to watch us while our parents were at work. She, um... She gave you things to do. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting. Uh, also, she was... Uh, Did our mothers look like her? She spoke very little. No, she was little. I, you know, our mothers are big ladies like us. She was little, like... So, petite. Like, under five feet. Under, like, maybe 110 pounds, 15 pounds. Petite, little petite. They said Hampton Holness. Her husband was a tall, big man. It's amazing that we went, a lot of us went to Hampton University, and you live in Hampton, and our uncle was, I mean, our grandfather was Hampton Holness. So how did she survive after he died? What was her source of income? She was petite. Well, she was the, uh, I think, um, uh, uh, our cousin Boo, who was on before, she said um, that she was really, my mother had said, I think she was the breadwinner. She worked in a restaurant, and Boo mm-hmm. said that she has the deeds to 612 Franklin Street, where our aunt Wow, lived, okay. Where she used to live. So was she, she working when you remember her working? 
Mm-mm. I don't remember her working. But she worked in a restaurant. She was a cook in a restaurant. Everybody talked about her cooking, Mrs. So when when Shauna when Shauna knows how to cook, gotcha. you know she wants. To, it's not something that she thinks she wants to do. It's already in her. You know, I have another Buston. He loves cooking. So that's I know how to cook. I don't love cooking, but I know how to cook. So it's not just happened that we know how to cook or people want to use cooking as a way to but make she, money. That's what I was she, thinking. She must she have did. saved she it, somehow invested it. If and, if she's um, not she at that, that point she wasn't working and she had a house, she's you know, house is paid for. Mm-hmm. I mean, so. Okay. She had money because when we didn't have money, my mother would send us over there and ask her for money. You know, like we want to go to the store or something. And we you got to think, Diane, okay, a hundred years from now, people are going to be talking money. about us like that. Well, what did, you know, well, oh, you know, they're going to ask the same kind of questions. They <laughs> <laughs> And they can go to our Yes, podcast. they can. So <laughs> some kind of way, what I'll probably do here soon is figure out how to download it off of off of this platform, yeah, you know, just so it is somewhere they can get to it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. It, just oh, think, I, what, what she was saying, that just think if we could have recorded yeah. your brother with all that knowledge and all that stuff built up inside of him and we could go back you know on our you know with our headphones and listen to him speak and i think when you said a hundred years from now (laughs) uh people will go in just to hear us speak you know oh i miss diane's uh craziness but her wisdom i miss marie laughing and dying on the phone and that's what we have to get more of our so that's why i want a plunk this would, I do want a plunk, you know, and and, like and like you, we both kind of came to the same conclusion, yeah. you know, we, we're not at work, we don't have to use the big words or do all the research, we're not gonna, I'm not gonna, <laughs> you know, I'm not, it's just whatever's in me, that's what I'm going to say, uh, and so if we make it that way, people will be more comfortable with just being themselves. Yes, and I think that um, that it, then it truly is cousins dropping knowledge instead of dropping other people's understandings because we have our own understanding. Like you don't think like I do all the time, and I don't think like you do, but it's okay because that's your own truth. Stay in your own truth and stay in your own lane, and be your told. You know that's the only way I think that we're going to heal this nation. If everyone needs to find their own truth, their own self, um, you know, and stop trying to, you know, I told people that we're not trying to keep right. the and, 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 you know, when, I, when, when you talk about the nation Ignorance. finding its own truth, I mean, so as individuals, you have to find your own truth, and that's going to lead to the nation dealing with the lies that yes. we've lived all these years. And until we can uncover that, you know, we're uncovering it now. So I think we're moving in the right direction, but it's very painful. Uh, yes. But, you know, where there is that valley and that pain, there's triumph. That's the next step, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
victory. Yeah, it's victory. It's, 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 so you're giving us a vision because, you know, I was like uh, most of Americans, you know, I was interested in healing till I talked to Adrian, who was on a few weeks ago, and she said, Danny, why do you want to skip to healing? Because suppose you thought about this as a marriage and, and mm-hmm. one of the spouses, every time you try right. to take a nap, yep. you sleep, they try to kill you. So why are you trying? <laughs> so that's American. <laughs> so you got to, first you might have to separate and find out why this person is trying to kill you. You know, so you can't. You can't heal with somebody that you can't even. Yeah, but but at the end of the day, I think we're at a place where the person who is almost dying all the time, they're just looking at the person trying to kill them. Like you got the problem, not me. See that's see that's where we are. We have been at the place of we're gonna keep trying to kill you, you know, and you've got the problem. That's why we're trying to kill you, and you should be scared. No, not scared. You know, you've got the problem. Deal with it. That's where we are as a nation. No. Yes. 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 So that's the the abuser need to go get some help. You know, I'm not scared anymore. I'm standing up. Right. And you know what? We've dealt with this for so long, but now it's time for you to face yourself. Now, that's what time it is. You've got to face what, what you've done, what your ancestors have done. That's what time it is. Yeah. That's what time That's what time it is. And that's yes, we, we have. It's been and fun. Wow. I've enjoyed it. it oh, I feel liberated. Some knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> so, Diane, I don't, I don't know what we're going to title this episode. I know it's, what are we on, episode 17? Uh, So aren't we blessed, up, Marie? I can't believe we came it up with is. an idea. And we will keep it going. Like we, were talking. we will keep it and going. we have gotten yes, 17 episodes. Isn't that a miracle? Yeah. We will keep it going. Yeah. I enjoy, I, can't, I, I enjoy talking to you anyway. Now we got a reason to be talking every day, every week. So thank you. Next thank you for Yes, uh, we will. Take care, Diane. Have a great week. We will see y'all guys next you Sunday. Too.